0: Paid for by America First Legal.
1: Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states. And the excitement of win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now. Or visit wynn to start winning.
2: You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge.
1: And we're good. So welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest, you know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, I know the story has not hit our wire quite yet at milehighhuddle.com. That is coming. But the Broncos, we'll get to a lot of different topics that came out of Broncos HQ today, but the team signed former, second team All-Pro, former... Pro Bowl safety and former first-round pick from Alabama's HaHa Clinton Dix. What was your reaction to that? What do you think it's about?
3: I mean, as I wrote, I'm literally writing the story while we're podcasting right now, but I said it's not too often you're able to pluck a former NFL All-Star off the scrap heap. Yet, that's exactly what the Broncos did in signing HaHa Clinton Dix. You mentioned his laudables already, All-Pro, former Pro Bowler, former first-round pick, Uh, was a star with the Packers and then kind of fell off. He was with Washington, then Chicago, most recently Vegas for two games, but he's not the same player as he was. But fortunately for the Broncos, they're fine at safety. They have Simmons, obviously, Kareem Jackson, Caden Stearns, Jamar Johnson. They're fine there, but to put this guy on your practice squad... That's good insurance to have. It's, it's no different than signing Avery Williamson, Kenny Young before he got promoted. The fact that George Payton's able to identify these players that are out there and sign them, bring them aboard to the practice squad, no commitment at all, and all the upside in the world potentially, it, another sign of great general man, manager So how could you hate this move?
1: Love it. We're, we are creating words on this pod. We do it all the time. General manager ring. Book it. And don't forget, credit Zach Kelberman. Bing-bong. On that on that front, bro, check this out. 6'1", 2'11", always a long kind of uh, physically imposing, not in a, in a Steve Atwater way as far as like, I'm going to pop the teeth out of your mouth, but just like a long guy that's kind of scrappy and he can be physical. But he uh, is 28. He's about to turn uh, 29 years old in just a week or so. But look at his stats, as you mentioned. First-round pick of the of the Packers. Um he had a Pro Bowl slash All Pro year in 2016, and that season he uh, threw down 65 solo tackles, a couple of tackles for a loss. Let's see, where's his PD? Seven passes defensed, five picks. You get five picks as a safety, Zach. More often than not, you're going to find yourself in the Pro Bowl. Which I hope Justin Simmons does for what it's worth. He's already at five right now, um, but that's you know that was kind of his peak. And then 16 game starter and 17 for the Packers. Not quite as prolific as far as interceptions, but he ended up with more solo tackles, so for what it's worth. Uh, and then, of course, he ends up playing for both Green Bay and Washington in 18. 2019, as Vic goes out the door, he joins the Bears and plays for Chuck Pagano, 16-game starter, two picks that that year. And then this year, Zach, kind of up and down as far as where he's been. Right, He t- spent a little time with uh, – uh, San Francisco, spent a little time with the Raiders, and now he is a Bronco. So as you mentioned, for depth purposes, I mean, having ha-ha Clinton Dix on the PS, right, for a game day elevation and see if you need him, I mean, that's that's a first world problem right there. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all
3: over the Internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K. P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, Pick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price.
1: That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet-and-greet for Week 3 at home, Broncos versus Jets. TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets.
3: Yeah, you mentioned his interceptions and the fact that he made the Pro Bowl. It helps to be a first round pick. If Simmons was a first round pick, he, he would have more, you know, honors and accolades to his name. I would prefer the Broncos funnel whatever snaps they're not going to give Simmons and Kareem Jackson to Caden Stearns. I think he's the future at safety, obviously, opposite Simmons. But again, on the practice squad, if anything should come up, he's a veteran. He was pretty bad last year in Cowboys camp. That was one thing that wasn't mentioned on his stats right there, but he was with the Cowboys. He was cut before the season. He was looking pretty washed. Again, though, you don't have to rely on him. You're not looking to get the old ha-ha Clinton dicks or rely on that as an insurance
1: break cl- glass in case of emergency. You could do a lot worse. Guys, as we continue to dive into this topic and say hello to the chat, we got to bring you up to speed on where things stand on the Facebook contest. Of course, our goal as a channel on Facebook is to get to 250,000 stars. And stars, of course, as you know, are like super chats. It's a way for our community to support your favorite podcast host, your favorite podcast, help keep the lights on here at MHH. And when we reach this goal of 250,000 stars, we're going to raffle off a Broncos jersey of the winner's choice. And of course, the only people in the running for that raffle are those who have contributed to the goal. As you can see, we've got about 90,000, just shy of 91 um, in the books, which puts us at about 36% complete to the goal. And as you know, we're today and somewhere between uh, right now and about noon tomorrow, we're going to cross the 50% mark of the month. So we're behind the eight ball a little bit. We're going to have to kind of goose it if we're going to hit goal. But here's who's in the running. If you want to see where you stand, who's going to have the most tickets in the raffle. Right now, Travis Weber on top in the month of December. Love seeing that. Thank you, Travis. Shane, the aviator, at number two. Miguel at three. That's great. Lawrence Rivera at four. Andrew Baker, five. Andrew Lampy, Battle of the Andrews at five and six. Uh Peter Middleton at seven, cross the pond. Yvonne down in Mexico. Some really interesting news coming out today about Mexico re- relative to the Broncos that we can cover here in a little bit. Uh Doug Raquel at nine and Rando up in the great white north of Alaska at 10. And Randy, your jersey should be coming anytime, my friend. When you get that, be sure to let us uh let us know and send us a profile pic, But Mad props, big love to each and every one of you. We'll update the super chat rankings here in, in just a few minutes. But Zach, you also had a story. There was some news that that broke. Um, now that I mention, it, I can't remember if it was PFF or if it was a different source, but that Teddy Bridgewater is seeking twenty five million dollars a year on his next contract. Today he addressed that rumor. What did he say, and what was your reaction? Well, it was
3: PFF that had the contract projection, and it seemed like we drummed up that story because no one was talking about his next contract before we we wrote that story for MHH.com, what PFF predicted. And smartly, before Sunday's game uh, against the Lions, Ben Albright of KOA Radio checked into the situation, and he reported that Teddy's looking for $25 million per year, to which Teddy said, it's not true, it's false. And then he gave the big... Can cliched, Teddy-like response when he said, I'm just here to win football games. My agent, my advisors, they handle all of that. I'm not thinking about that right now. But he made a point to say it's unequivocally false what's out there. I don't know. There's a reason why it was leaked to begin with, though. There's a reason why. Albright's been pretty rock solid when he checks into something, and the fact that he heard that and then what it aligns with PFF Teddy's in the midst of a career year. He's already thrown for more passing touchdowns than he ever has. He's on pace to set career highs in completions and attempts. He knows he can cash in. He knows he's likely not the future of the Broncos. And as I wrote in my story today, rather than overpaying, which I don't think George Payton will or should do, he'll make him an offer a little below market value, I feel like, 10 or $15 million for a one-year backup mentor-type role. Take it or leave it. You want to come back at that price, great. You don't want to come back? You know, may God be with you, and good luck out there.
1: Hey, man, go get what the market will bear if you think you're worth $25 million bucks, You know, um, the league's going to let you know pretty, pretty quick, and I'll be interested to see uh, how many teams tell him no on that front. One more point, Chad. Yeah, what you got? It's about, about
3: Teddy, $25 million per year. Looking into mm-hmm. that, that would put him in the same – I would say tax bracket, if you will, as Tom Brady and Derek Carr, who are both making $25 million per year. And if you think he's as good as either quarterback, you're as delusional as Teddy is for asking
1: for 25 in the first place. (laughs) Amen. Broncos, for what it's worth, according to my bookie sports book, minus two and a half. So they're favored by two and a half, which correct me if I'm wrong on this, Scott, uh, I'm still learning a lot about, you know, gambling and numbers, but that's basically a push, right? Like they're throwing up their hands could go either way. Not really a hard favorite in this game. So the 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 Broncos, man, this is a huge opportunity. And I just – they don't have anything cinched up. We know this. But, Zach, how refreshing it is – I mean, this team has its warts. Don't get me wrong. But how refreshing it is to see this team playing meaningful football, being in the race down the stretch in December, it's, it, it's, it's cool. Um,
3: go I ahead mean, and we'll grab
1: Christian. I mean, it's cool, but, like, is that really the standard
3: we should be a- – striving for? Is that what Pat Bolin laid out? Is that really the best the Broncos can do? You know, Chad, we agree on the, the coaching and the quarterbacking, of course, but we both realize this team is a lot more talented than the record indicates. It's a shame that still five years after Peyton Manning, six years now, technically, we're nope. still talking about playing meaningful December football as that should be the barometer to achieve
1: that's how bad it's been christian with the first super chat of the night thank you my friend in enemy territory by the way in vegas he says not broncos related but did you see the report of josh lambo speaking up about urban meyer straight up kicking him (laughs) just for missing field goals now as zach you know and scott knows before we went live i've had a pretty uh, tumultuous 24 hours so i haven't been as uh on top of the wire as i might normally be what tell me about this well, you know, I'm st- I, at first with all these Urban Meyer hit pieces
3: coming out, him calling his coaching staff losers in a team meeting, I thought there may be just fake news to an extent, but the more and more that comes out where there's smoke, there's fire. And I think he's a former Jaguars kicker now, Josh Lambeau. He said in an interview, I think it was during training camp, this happened, where he was attempting a field goal, and Urban Meyer came up and kicked him in the leg. And he put it as a five out of 10 in terms of like intensity for the kick. And he goes, he goes to Urban, apparently, don't you ever effing kick me again. And Urban Meyer says, I'm the head ball coach. I'll do whatever the F I want. So kind of gives you insight into how he's trying to run the Jaguars organization. He's a far cry from Columbus. This is not college anymore. And I think he's in way over his head.
1: Yeah, there's a big difference. And this is something, uh, you know, that a lot of college coaches, prolific college coaches, trying to make the jump to the pros takes them sometimes a while to really have this dawn on them that you're going from coaching kids who are fresh out of mom and dad's basement to grown ass men that make millions of dollars families to feed all that. It's quite the jump, but yeah, uh, definitely not Broncos related, but very uh, interesting, funny. I mean, we got to see the Jaguars earlier this year and Broncos handled them. I mean, all the drama surrounding this guy, it would not surprise me in the least, Zach, if he's one and done in Jacksonville. And he probably wouldn't be too uh too bummed about that. The way NFL head coach contracts work. He could take his money, Great. say thank you for whatever that was, three, four year deal he signed, go right back to the college or you know, drown his sorrows with his tens of millions of dollars. And thank you, Mike. Appreciate you, bro. In the college bar scene, Chad, getting lap yeah, dances right. from
3: unidentified individuals. You know, that's always a, a, the smart play for a coach like that. He belongs in college. You know, some like Nick Saban, some guys are bigger fish in smaller ponds,
1: and that's where I think he
3: belongs. The experiment was a massive
1: failure. Big Kev Peterson, what is good, my friends? Great to see you in the chat. This is a uh, bona fide Mount Rushmore Super Chat superstar here at MHH, been with us since the beginning. He says, what's up, fellas? Been watching y'all after the fact, but I finally caught a live pod. Hashtag love, dude. Love right back at you. And also uh, condolences on Duke because I know you and Duke were uh, close buddies as well. So hope you're hanging in there, my friend, and great to have you in the stream. Thanks, KP. Uh, We got George Fox also wishing a Merry Christmas to all of Broncos country and all of the MHH hosts. Rad. Thank you, buddy. Merry Christmas to you as well. Yes. And we
3: got Michaela jumping in, 999 Super, the Duchess, as always, gracing us with her presence. Thank you, Michaela. Hope you're having a great Wednesday and you're getting ready for the holiday season. In the spirit, she goes, I will pay Teddy what I find in my couch. Probably a little less than 25000000 million, wouldn't
1: you say, Chad? I don't know. She's a baller, you know? We <laughs> sure. we got to spend a good part of an afternoon with her a few couple, two months back in uh wouldn't surprise me, you know, she's a she's a shot collar. She's a string puller. Wouldn't surprise me if you got that kind of lettuce just kind of floating around in the old couch. Appreciate you, Michaela, as always. Uh, Andrew Baker, good to see you, buddy. He says, just showing some love. I like Scott's take, though. If we keep Vic, will he fire some of his people? Hashtag MHH and Denver Broncos for life. Um, really good question. I mean, you guys, we have to, Zach, we have to really start facing the possibility that if... The Broncos are able to kind of ride this emotional momentum that they seem to kind of harness from Demarius Thomas's tragic and untimely passing. And they managed to win three of these final four games. There's a good chance they're one of those three uh, wild card teams. And if Vic gets to the playoffs, even if they get bounced in like resounding fashion in the first round, I think he's coming back. So we have to face that distinct possibility. Long row left to hoe, don't get me wrong. I mean, a lot can happen between now and the close of the season, but if they keep him, how could you Vic Fangio? It's one thing to say, look, I'm not going to fire Tom McMahon, the special teams coordinator, in the middle of the season. That's not my style, whatever, or Pat Shermer. He's not going to fire Pat Shermer, by the way. But Tom McMahon, as an example, I mean, at a certain point, something's got to give. First of
0: all,
3: can I just warn everyone and say and kind of pump the brakes on all the atmospheric hype that the Broncos are receiving after beating the Lions? <laughs> I mean, it was the Lions, guys. Let's keep this in perspective. We've seen this movie before, after 3-0, and after the Dallas game, until the Broncos prove otherwise, we can't. You know, start punching their ticket to the postseason just yet. I do think, though, a playoff berth would ensure Fangio would return on that condition more than likely. But the problem with this is he would be in charge of hiring the next coordinator, the next offensive play caller, the next special teams guy. And what has he proven so far to give him the benefit of the doubt that he can find the right guy? If anything, he shouldn't be in charge of that. He was the problem in hiring Pat Shermer, he was the problem in condoning the special teams' incompetency. So, I, I once again, if you really want change within Dove Valley, change on the coaching staff, you have to start from the very top. I think if you want to see the results that Broncos country is yearning for, Fangio has to go with that.
1: Yeah, I'm old enough to remember Vic Fangio. Uh, and Cameron, thank you, my friend. He says, big fan of you guys. I think we bring a shocker and beat up the Bengals. Big day coming for Cortland Sutton. We'll, we'll cover that here in just a second, okay? But uh, I'm old enough, Zach, to remember on Black Monday – January, 2020, Vic Fangio standing at the podium. And when asked, are you you know, anticipating making any changes to your coaching staff? Him saying no. And then promptly going away for two weeks. Everyone kind of took a break, a little two-week vacation away from the building. And then he comes back and fires his offensive coordinator. And we've learned through our birdies, and I think there have been reports on this now too, that the move to, to fire Rich Scangarello and hire Pat Shermer of course, big reason for that was the fact that he suddenly came available. The Giants fired him as head coach. That's but why. <laughs> the big proponent here for that move was Vic Fangio. He wanted a guy that had some head coaching, you know, acumen, organizational kind of wherewithal that he could trust to just be the head coach of the offense. Because as we know, he doesn't even watch the offense, right? We, we clown about that all the time. So Pat Shermer very much is a Vic Fangio thing. Tom McMahon, though. He also made that decision to keep him, but he did kind of inherit him from the previous coaching staff. Of course, Tom replaced the uh, 22 Janos man himself, (laughs) Brock Olivo. Um, But you know what? One last thing on topic of Vic. He also made some good hires himself, one of which being Brandon Staley, bringing him over from the Bears, and look where Staley's at now. So it's not as if he's a complete incompetent fool when it comes to spotting coaching talent, but on this offensive thing in particular, Zach, He's he's doesn't appear to know really what he's looking at and the special teams thing. I mean, enough's enough. Well,
3: if, if he's such a defensive mastermind, does he need to surround himself with other like-minded coaches? Shouldn't he be enough? I don't want to give him too much credit for that uh, specializing in his focus there. I'd rather him put those resources toward the offense. And I think you saying that back just then he doesn't watch the offense and he hired an offensive coordinator to be the head coach of the offense. That should have been a red flag right there. Maybe we should have taken a step back and examined why he's doing that, why he has no apparent interest in watching a major side of the ball that's been under criticism, under siege since Peyton Manning walked away. I would want a head coach that's a head coach of the entire team and doesn't leave anything, Chad. You want to have a head coach of the offense, fine. But does that head coach have to be Pat Shermer? Can they not do anything better than Pat Shermer in this day and age?
1: That's my problem. I feel you. Uh, Mike says, Zach, totally agree with your thought on replacing Fangio And the staff, you know, and then we got 727-Mill. By the way, Mill, dude, you have been so consistent lately on Super Chat. uh, When we've put out calls to action, like to support uh, the the Boynton girls after Duke's uh, tragic passing, you stepped up to the plate like many of our great community members. Dude, let us send you a little something-something. Let us send you a hat or something. Shoot us an email, uh, milehuddle at gmail, and uh, give us your shipping address, Also, just in case, a T-shirt size, let us send you a little something-something. Okay, we appreciate you. He says, uh, not gone, not going to get my hopes up for this game. I'm tired of the heartbreak, but go Broncos. Zach, how are you feeling? We'll, We'll really do our deep dive on the Bengals, of course, tomorrow night, but how are you feeling about this opponent this week?
3: I mean, it's the NFL. Any team is beatable on any given Sunday. It's more than just a great movie. And the Broncos have the horse. I, I feel like I say this every week about every team. They have the horses to beat them, but the question is, which one of those horses will show up? Are there, are those horses going to be fired with intensity, fired up and passionate and emotional and ready to go and ready to do battle? Or are they going to be emotionless and the equivalent of Vic Fangio standing like this? We never really know. But talent-wise, they should be able at home, by the way, in a playoff push, playing meaningful football to take down the Bengals, beat Joe Burrow, and control that offense, and and do some damage against that defense. You know, George Kittle, I put this on Twitter earlier today, I watched the highlights of the game, and it seemed like every highlight against the Bengals defense was Kittle catching a pass. I looked into it, he had 13 catches, I think, for 130 or 140 yards, something like that, and a touchdown. That's the route the Broncos should go. That's what they should scheme for and game plan around is getting Noah Fant involved get, getting albert O involved and pairing that with their lethal rushing attack that they're finally starting to unlock but the problem is we never know what pat Shermer is going to show up what game plan is going to show up if they're going to do the common sense thing if they're going to do the right thing what are they game planning for are they going to have teddy throw it 40 times my so my long-winded point in this is the broncos are consistently inconsistent and until they prove they're not how could we have much confidence in this game one thing i will say though The Cincinnati Bengals are a far cry from Detroit. So if they're reading their press clippings, they had a a four-touchdown victory against Detroit. They think they can waltz back into Mile High Stadium and take down Cincinnati. They have another thing coming. This Bengals team can run the ball. They can stop the run. They have receivers. They have a quarterback. They will beat them if the Broncos take them lightly. This is a game the Broncos have to have if they want to make the postseason, and they have to show up and play all four quarters starting from the opening whistle. How many times has that happened?
1: Not many. And you know... This is a classic case of strength against strength. I mean, for the Bengals, they're very good against the run. And that's, of course, Denver's calling card offensively. If they have an identity at all, it's their two-headed rushing attack. So that was a topic today, Zach, at Broncos HQ, obviously. And if you're going to talk about the Broncos running game, you're going to mention Melvin Gordon at some point. And Vic was asked about, you know, there's some out there who say that maybe aren't as appreciative of Melvin Gordon – what he brings to the offense, what would you say to those people? And he says this, quote, I don't know how Zach can (laughs) underappreciate his ability. I mean, he's run the ball very well for us for two years. We're splitting time with him and Javante Williams, who's a really good back, obviously. That's not just to pacify Melvin or to balance it up. He's a damn good player. I don't know what Zach is looking at if he doesn't have an appreciation (laughs) for how he runs the ball, close quote. Yeah, I I appreciate the direct shade there. You know, it
3: it just seems like if you have to go out of your way to praise the $8 million running back, that in itself is also a problem. If If it's even a conversation that says more about Javante Williams and what he's doing in a timeshare, by the way, behind the $8 million guy, forcing those questions. Great one-two punch, but all we can hope for is that Pat Shermer utilizes them. Sometimes we'll have a game where they run the ball each 20 times or so, then they'll follow it up by running it four or three times combined. So whatever Pat Shermer game plan shows up, that will dictate how the game goes on Sunday, same as any other game.
1: I had someone tell me uh, not too long ago that that whole Melvin Gordon, the fans in Denver don't like me thing, and what was asked to Vic today, that the Huddle Up podcast is single-handedly responsible for this. I'm like, come on, man, don't give us that much credit. Like, Because here's the thing, we've never thrown shade on Melvin, the player. When we've clowned on him, it's because of the DUI. Except he we've fumbles. Never, and we've never liked the contract. Yeah, of course the fumbles. But I'm just saying the biggest thing was we never liked the contract. And maybe we went a little hard on that because of its implications on Phillip Lindsay at the time, Right, going back to the spring of 2020. But nevertheless, we've never said Melvin is not a good running back. We've questioned whether he's worth $8 bucks per year, and then we'll grab Kayak. Chad, I mean, I don't.
3: looking back, I don't really regret, I don't know about you criticizing the contract. When he's up there with the likes of the Derrick Henrys and the Nick Chubbs and the Ezekiel Elliotts, is he really one of those guys? Is he a great, not good running back? No, I think it's the other way around. I think he's a good but not great running back. So again, I don't have a problem with him personally. I don't hate the running back. I just hate the contract, and I hate... Sometimes the snaps and the opportunity it takes away from Javante Williams' development. That's all.
1: Kayaka, another legend in the house. What's up, big dog? He says a closed mouth doesn't get fed. You can't blame the guy for asking. I just hope that he gets that contract elsewhere. Yeah, it's like what I tell my kids, all right, my sons, my daughter. I say, look, you know, never hurts to ask. You might not always get the answer that you're looking for, but it never hurts to ask. And I'm not just talking, Zach, about you know, asking mom and dad for something. I'm just saying, you know, in life, it never hurts to ask. Put it out there and see if uh, the universe is going to serve it up to you. For Teddy Bridgewater, if and unless he leads the Broncos to a playoff berth and some modest success in those playoffs, he's not sniffing $25 bucks a year from anyone, including the Denver Broncos. Now, if he does, I could see him getting it. And I could see, as much as I hate, To contemplate it, I could even see the Broncos giving him that money if he were to achieve those things I just mentioned.
3: Great expression. Short short term,
1: short term, like a two-year deal, fifty million bucks. Come back, first year is guaranteed. Let's go, and then they draft a quarterback.
3: I can't stomach that. I'm sorry. 25 million bucks for a potential backup and that backup is Teddy Bridgewater, not even a a dynamic backup. Closed mouth doesn't get fed. Squeaky wheel doesn't get, you know, gets the grease or doesn't get the grease. That applies to Bridgewater as well, but that wheel is closer to falling apart than it is getting the grease in Bridgewater's case. He's not going to like you said sniff anywhere near 25 million. I would say more realistic is 12 or 15 million. And even that is is questionable.
1: Yeah, Ronnie wants to know was uh haha a good pickup, Ronnie? You demand by the way, he's a solid. Oh crap, we need a guy pickup. If you can sign a guy in week 15 to your practice squad that's a former first round pick and under 30, all right. Um, I think Zach, as an example, he's got more juice than the last Alabama safety they, they signed off the scrap heap in Mark Barron, right? Safety slash dimebacker, haha Clinton Dix, I think, has a little bit more juice a little bit more life left in his career than Barron did when the Broncos signed him. And remember when they signed Barron, they paid him some money, man. And he, (laughs) I think he appeared in one or two games. He just hit that hamstring. He couldn't stay on the field. He couldn't stay healthy from training camp on. Uh, But Mike Reno, Teddy has been told by Fangio that he is as good as Tom Brady. So why not ask for comparable (laughs) money? Yeah. In so many ways, right? When you get compared to, an all-time great, you can't help but kind of start comparing yourself to that and, and maybe even buying into the hype a little bit, whether it's true or completely delusional, as this particular one was.
3: I mean... Some, some Broncos fans are using the Broncos record right now and the fact, like you said, they're playing meaningful December football, whatever that's supposed to mean, and the fact that he hasn't committed as many turnovers or turnover-worthy plays as Drew Locke or the years past. But why are we celebrating that? Isn't what that what he was supposed to offer? I mean, isn't that what he was supposed to bring is stability? Why is that suddenly a dunking point for his uh, supporters? I'll, I'll never understand the dichotomy in the Broncos fan base.
1: Here we have... Muhammad Badri, what's going on, big dog? He's got a uh, tribute to DT now in his YouTube uh, profile pic. It's great to see you, my friend. Another Mount Rushmore superstar here at MHH, and he says, good evening, rock stars!" right back at you. Hope uh, baby Malik's doing well, my friend. Uh, Travis Weber jumping in, leading the board on Facebook in the month of December. Appreciate you, Travis. He says, good evening, Chad, Zach, Broncos country. I saw that Denver signed Clinton Dix to the practice squad. Is there something going on with the secondary? No, but, you know, you can infer that and it's possible. One thing, for example, that Vic Fangio uh, revealed when he was explaining why during his victory speech after the Lions game, he gave a game ball to Kareem Jackson, who didn't have a particularly prolific day, right? It's not like he made some like game he clinching. He loves him some Kareem Jackson. He, oh, dude, he loves Kareem. But when he was asked about why is did you say Kareem Jackson is one of your favorite all-time players and that whole explanation, we learned within that explanation that Kareem has been nursing a painful and kind of just like nagging shoulder and that the one play in particular that Fangio highlighted where he just came flying out of the freaking – Blue and stopped to play from um, I think it was on a third down from moving the chains. And when Vic saw him lay that hit, uh, he was like with the shoulder that has been bugging him. He's like, I don't think he's getting up from that. And he did. And that of course earned him even more props and whatnot. But the only thing I can wonder on this Zach is maybe they are a little bit more worried about whatever's going on with Kareem's shoulder than, than uh, they're currently letting on. Because if we look at the practice report today, and did not participate. Neither did Caden Stearns, for what it's worth, with a shoulder neck. So there's probably just a preemptive deal. He might, for what it's worth, Zach, Clinton uh, Clinton Dix might only be on this roster or the practice squad as long as it takes for one of those guys to get off the injury report.
3: Exactly, yeah. It's it's insurance at the most basic level. Um, I was going to say Kareem Jackson's play style. He's like a missile every time he comes in and runs support, Chad. He's always throwing his neck first, his head first. And I agree with someone said here, um, I think it's K-Hop that said, Reem hits, hits too damn hard, and needs to chill, and don't forget that he took out a teammate last year. A.J. Boye concussed him, so that's his play style, so I think the Broncos are hedging against that. What also occurred to me a few minutes ago, though, one of George Payton's hallmarks of acquiring talent this season has been for competitive advantages. And who was Clinton Dix with partially this year? Vegas. Who do the Broncos play in a few weeks? Vegas, that could play a part in it as well, knowing George Payton, Vic Fangio, and how they operate.
1: James Boyd, good to see you, my friend. Hope you're doing well. He says, much love, fellas. Keep living the dream. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Right back at you, my friend. He says, thank you for bringing superb content and hope families are all well. Uh, He wants a new young head coach. I feel you. You might get your wish, my friend. You might, but it definitely depends It's one of those bittersweet things, right? Because Broncos fans want their team to snap the streak and get back to the playoffs, but they also don't necessarily want Vic Fangio to survive 2021. (laughs) It's quite
3: the conundrum. It's like wanting the Broncos to win, but wanting them to have a better draft pick. It's like, which do I hope for? It's a win-win though. In that case, whatever happens is a decent scenario that you can justify, but I can't put a new coach in your stocking before Christmas, but I I guarantee you if the Broncos lose a few more games, you're going to have one right after the new year. And it'll be a very merry new year at that.
1: Travis Tarbox. What's up, big dog. He says, I'm just curious why they signed Clinton Dix. I think Caden Stern's definitely ready to start next to Simmons. Jackson probably gone after this year. Yeah, he probably is gone. And especially if Vic's gone, Kareem's gone. If Vic comes back, I could see them once again slapping together a little team-friendly incentive-laden deal for Kareem to stick around because, as you mentioned, Vic loves him some Kareem Jackson. But as we just covered, Travis, I know uh, you got that in a little bit earlier in the stream. We're just now getting to it. There are some injuries to monitor at safety. Two of their top three safeties didn't practice today. So a little preemptive insurance.
3: You know, And I don't think Vic Fangio or the coaching staff really trust Jamar Johnson yet. I mean, he was kind of behind the eight ball as a rookie, and he never caught up to the level that Caden Stearns is at. But I think I figured out why they picked up HaHa. And uh, Twitter can thank me. It's because this is confirmed now. They will be going after Aaron Rodgers.
1: (laughs) There you go. Connect those dots, man. It doesn't take Sherlock Holmes. Lando, don't call me Calrissian Lee. Appreciate you, my friend. Another great, consistent supporter of ours on Facebook, you demand Lando. Uh, Mike Reno, what happened to our other tight ends? Are they injured or demoted? Well, by other, what are you talking about? Because Noah Fant and Albert Okuwebunam have been pretty consistently available for the team and as productive within the offense as you can expect from a Shermer Bridgewater passing attack. And even today's act, um, Vic Fangio complimented Noah Fant on the topic of, you know, hey, how do you see an, an emergence from Noah Fant as a multi-dimensional tight end in terms of we all know about his, his receiving and explosive, you know, playmaking ability, but as a blocker, and he said this, that quote, I do think he put more of an emphasis on himself along with the coaches to improve his blocking. I think he's done that the last couple of weeks. I thought his catch that he had, that 32-yarder the other day, was a really good catch. Some are harder than others. Some take more talent than others. And that was one of those higher end catches and plays really good to see should be good for his confidence. And I agree with what you're saying. And I do think Noah Fant has emerged as a multi-dimensional tight end. The only talent it requires is
3: arm talent to get Noah Fant the freaking ball, throw it up to him and see what he can do. He's a first round draft pick for a reason. And they never gave him the opportunity. And it's kind of ties to what I wanted to point. I wanted to make a few seconds ago. When we say, Teddy Bridgewater, Pat Shermer, passing attack. I I I raise a motion that we should put "attack" in quotations, because it's not an attack at all, chat. It's like a bringing a water gun to a super soaker fight.
1: <laughs> right. Hey, Clayton. Shout out to you. Good to see you, buddy. Um, okay, Travis. Also, what happened to Jamar Johnson? Well, similar to Baron Browning, at a very inopportune time in training camp, he got. I'm trying to remember the exact um timeline but he he got hurt and then i want to say he ended up on the cv list didn't end up playing as much as you would hope that he would in the three preseason games and then along the way zach we see caden stearns like right out of the gates pop you know and so he's just been stuck behind the number three safety which is caden stearns and in fact i would hazard to say jamar johnson's probably number five because PJ Locke, I think, is a little more trusted right now by the coaches than Jamar, and a big reason for that. I mean, Jamar Johnson's got some serious ball hawk chops, and I can't wait till, you know, or I hope I, I hope he gets an opportunity to eventually be good enough to show that ball hawking acumen to, to Broncos fans. But um, you got to wonder why he can't outplay PJ Locke. But a lot of that it's attributed to in my opinion, the rookie learning curve and some of that bad luck he got this summer with when he got hurt and, you know, Wally Pip. not to say he lost a starting job or whatever, but like when you go down, nature abhors a vacuum, right? Someone's going to fill it. And if that someone who fills it, knocks it out of the park, bad news for you. Nature versus
3: Nurture Lodge. Nature always wins. (laughs) And, And, you know, the thing about PJ Locke is I think Fangio likes him for his. He's been a player that's been hanging around the Broncos under Vic Fangio, and there's a lock on the Broncos roster that Vic Fangio does like. I just hope that Jamar Johnson. Uh, isn't like the Justin Stern of the safety group where we thought he could be a starter, but he kind of fizzles out as a, as a kind of a flyer-type player or kind of a jag. I had high hopes for him, but Caden Stearns has taken a massive leap, leap forward, and he deserves right now starting reps opposite Simmons. Kareem Jackson's not the future.
1: Shout-out to Michael. Good to see you, my friend, down in Tucson. Appreciate you. Um, I, for what it's worth, I haven't given up on Justin Sternod. I think he – got to keep in mind, He went from basically having to redshirt his rookie year. He got hurt like two days into training camp as a rookie in the pandemic training camp, right? So they had coaches didn't even meet any of these guys talking rookies, let alone see a single player until day one of training camp. Like August was when they met them for the first time. And then to get hurt two or three days into training camp. So he's got the wrist and he sits on, pardon me, the bench all of 2020. And then 2021, it's basically, Zach, his rookie year, right? And he goes from, instead of being worked into the rotation and kind of learning as he goes, Josie Jewell goes down and they they think, hey, he's our next most experienced guy in Vic's system because of how long he's been in the playbook. He's been in the playbook over a year now. That's who we're going to play. Turns out he just wasn't ready. And I think there's a chance he can still bounce back from that, but he was... So not good. I don't want to say he was so bad, but he was so underwhelming that it does give me Zach cause to worry that maybe he's not going to live up to some of that hype of him being a big time draft steal last year.
3: Well, you have to also figure this was essentially his rookie season after missing all of last year. And that was enough to take on for him, but also he was penciled in to be maybe the ILB three. And he was, he found himself as the ILB one, when the linebackers started going down, he was never cut out for that. It was a lot to put on him. And the fact that the Broncos linebackers still to this day are not getting much production from the defensive line, not named Draymond Jones, if they were to do more work up front, I think the inside linebackers would have an easier time.
1: Shout out to Yvonne. As you guys heard me mention at the top of the show down in Mexico, he says, Hey guys, today the NFL awarded Mexico as part of the NFL's international home marketing area initiative. Now, Mexico officially is Broncos country. Here's what he is uh, talking about there. Whoops, I I closed the wrong thing here. Bear with me one second. Um, So let me just read this. Broncos have been awarded as uh, an international home market area in Mexico, the NFL announced. In earning the IHMA bid, the Broncos will have access to marketing, fan engagement, and commercialization within Mexico as part of an important long-term strategic effort to build their global brand while driving NFL fan growth internationally. As part of that program, teams will have access to international markets for at least a five-year term during which a club will have rights to pursue activities in that international market that are consistent with what they can do in their domestic HMA. The Broncos can begin activating In Mexico January 1st and then here is what look at this look at who's the top here the first quote senior vice president of strategy Brittany Bullen says quote and perhaps future owner we'll see with the help of Joe Ellis Marisol Villa Gomez and so many others an authentic and expansive effort was made to highlight why the Broncos were deserving of this bid the Broncos have a very passionate and well-established fan base in Mexico and we are thrilled with the opportunity to expand our outreach in that region to bring our uh, – I'm going to botch that. I'm just going to say fans, all right, closer to Broncos country. And you know what, Zach? In our analytics, we see it. There are a lot of Broncos fans in Mexico. We, we say this all the time. Broncos country, not a geographic location. It's a state of being. It's wherever you are. But it also goes – You know, there's a higher concentration of Broncos fans in Colorado and the greater Rocky Mountain area, and there is a high concentration – of Broncos fans in Mexico. We see it in our analytics, both in the articles and the podcasts that are, are, watched and listened to.
3: Yeah. In terms of the Broncos getting a game there, I'm kind of apathetic, you know, one way or the other, it'd be kind of interesting to see the international series play out, including Denver a lot better than having the second Monday night game in week one at, you know, 10:20 on the East coast chat, oh, but yeah. the Broncos considering how, how bad they are in prime time or in a national audience, how bad could they possibly be in a different country? So it's uh, one thing to monitor.
1: If and when they play in Mexico City as their home international market, one good thing the Bronx will have going for them is pretty used to playing at altitude, baby, and Mexico's even higher than Denver. Uh, Travis Tarbox, do you guys know – and by the way, Mike Reno, peace out, buddy. We'll see you later. Do you guys know where we are picking in the first round of the draft next year and what number are we or is it to be decided? It's definitely to be decided. That's contingent unless you own another team's pick, which – that team's pick is also going to be contingent on how they finish. But uh, I, w- I want to say, I'm trying to remember, Eric Trickle had an article about it. They're somewhere between 11 and 15 right now, something like that. Maybe they've fallen a little bit farther, but anyway. Kayaka, thank you, bro. He says, got to run, y'all. It's Kai's 12th birthday. Just show, uh, just know I love you guys in Broncos country. And as always, go Broncos. Aloha. Hey, give Kai our best. Wish Kai a happy yeah. birthday from Mile High Huddle and the Huddle Up podcast. Appreciate you, bro. Have a good night. You the man. Symbolic super chat, 12 bucks. That's cool. Um, All right. We are at 42 minutes. Um, Zach, there is one other thing I wanted to grab from today's media availability. And I think Teddy Bridgewater brought up a fair point. All right. When he was asked, I want to get your take on this um, about kind of the lack of a getting Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick involved in the offense. Right. Um, I got to get your take on this because it was, to be honest with you, one of the most riled up that I've seen from Teddy. McKaylee, you're so awesome. Thank you so much. Another generous super. She says, I think as fans, we need to keep the faith and support our Bronco players. Amen. And you know what? Teddy Bridgewater is a Bronco. So let's read what he said here. What's the key to getting Cortland and Timmy more involved? Quote, And, again, he showed a lot of kind of emotion, atypical of the very deadpan, steady Teddy. Quote, at the end of the day, we're winning. Are you, though, really, Teddy? You won, right? You win one, you lose one. You win one, you lose one. You win one, you lose one. At the end of the day, we're winning. That should be the most important thing, no matter how we do it or who has a great game. I'll point out, I watched the New England Patriots play last Monday. I think it was the first football game I watched all year. Quarterback threw the ball three times, which is true crazy you think anyone was in the locker room pouting i'm at i'm at that point and i'm trying to get guys to understand that it's hard to win in this league whenever you come across those wins doesn't matter how as long as you win we celebrate Then we talk about it come monday hey can i get involved a little bit more in the offense our coaches have been doing a great job of trying to get guys involved but at the end of the day zach it just comes down to winning close quote
3: I hate all of this. That was the first football game he's watched all year. We're in week 15 now, Chad. I mean, I want my quarterback to be a little more in love with the game than that. He's talking about the Patriots game. Well, that was a special circumstance. There was a bad windstorm, blustery winter storm, whatever it was that dictated that. And also, huh, I seem to recall the the Patriots have something that the Broncos don't. I can't put my finger quite on that. Is it Bill Belichick? Maybe? Josh McDaniels, maybe, comparing those two things. Maybe that previous Super Chat was right, Chad. Maybe the comparisons to Tom Brady really are going to Teddy Bridgewater's head.
1: I'm telling you. I'm telling you. By the way, Jermaine Daughtry, thank you for the stars, my friend. That's a new name that we're seeing on Facebook, supporting what we're doing here. So, Jermaine, thank you and welcome. Appreciate you. Stick around and uh, keep it going. You'll work your way into the raffle for the Broncos jersey uh, that we're going to be giving away at the end of this month, raffling off. Uh, speaking of, we got to update where things stand on Super Chat for our great uh, YouTube community. Just like on Facebook, we have a—it's uh, not so much a goal, but we're ins- making sure we can give back to our YouTube audience and community as well. Top five finishers on Super Chat, all right, are going to go into the raffle for the Broncos jersey of their choice. So we'll be giving away two jerseys—one to Facebook, one to, to YouTube—and here's the rankings. The DWI guys continuing. To throw down, he is just on fire, mostly because he's across the pond. He's on the morning show. So, a lot of you listening to us right now or watching live, you're going, The DWI guys, we hardly recognize those. Those dudes are pro. He is, I should say, prolific on the morning show. Broncos for Breakfast, he's still at number one. Michaela right behind him at two. Najal Toph at three. Chris Hernandez, great friend, great member of our community at four. And the God King himself, Mark Langley from Georgia, at number five. And then Kayaka, just outside. Cody Dubb, just outside. Uh, Casey Nickel, Corey H, just outside. Doug Henninger, Diamond Rattler. So Malachi Smith, you can kind of see where everyone stands. But we will be doing uh, little packages that go out to each tier. We'll raffle off a little tier. But the jersey, only the top five finishers on Super Chat will be in that raffle. Andrew says, and we're about uh, 46 minutes tonight. we got to keep it a little bit tight because there's some things going on. Um, But let's grab a couple more. Andrew says, I like Melvin Gordon, and I'm somewhat pleased – uh, with Teddy Bridgewater giving us meaningful football, but I digress to Zach. We need a new quarterback slash head coach slash OC combination and a few more, uh, but, hey, hope for Zach's first playoff analysis of the Broncos. You know, that's true, Zach. You have a chance here, my dog, to to break that ice on the Broncos side of your professional, you know, NFL media career. That would be kind of fun. It would be fun, but if they back in and they retain Fangio
3: and they get blown out in the first round of the wild card round, Chad, and they keep Fangio around for another year, is that worth it? Then them not making the playoffs, firing Fangio, getting a new coaching staff, and maybe having continual playoff success, getting into the playoffs and winning a few games, making some noise, getting back into the Pat Boland standard and that territory. So as much as I want to cover a playoff game or even a winning season, except for 2016 when they went nine and seven. I want what's best long-term for Denver and what's best long-term might be a new head coach, coaching staff, and quarterback combination.
1: Hey, Albert, appreciate you, my friend. One of our great uh, paying subscribers, supporters on Facebook, who said that a great report from Eric Trickle this afternoon, who was reacting, Zach, to the story of what Teddy Bridgewater had to say about his rumors. Um, If you guys want access to that VIP premium podcast content, just become a supporter on Facebook Go to our page, facebook.com slash milehighhuddle. Big blue button at the top. I think it's 5 bucks a month. You're in like Flynn helps keep the lights on, and you get access to those shows that no one else does for now. So, Albert, appreciate you. Uh, Scott, I cut one off that you were throwing on, though, right, when I, I flashed. There we go. Travis uh Tarbox says, All the mock drafts I've seen have us drafting Liberty quarterback Malik Willis in the first round. Any thoughts? Yeah, in fact, today, Zach, Uh, Luke Patterson had an article for us kind of reacting to Todd McShay's latest mock. I don't know if it was his first mock of the 2022 draft or not, but he had the Broncos taking Willis in the first round. What are your thoughts on Malik Willis as a prospect, as a first-round caliber prospect for this team?
3: We're going to get so many questions about this between now and April, and I'm going to have, until they make a decision, and we know for sure, my, my answer is always going to be, who's the coordinator? Who's the head coach? I mean, who's going to be in charge of that quarterback? If it's Pat Shermer, I don't want a quarterback, lest, you know, least of all Malik Willis, who needs a lot of uh, elite refinement. He needs a lot of good coaching development under his wing, and that's what the Broncos don't have right now. Kenny Pickett is my guy that's climbing up my draft boards. He might not be the highest floor guy, but I think he might be one of the higher ceiling guys. Um, I've seen comparisons to Herbert. I saw one AFC exec compare him to a better version of Johnny Manziel, which I don't really agree with. I think two different play styles completely, but there's so many quarterbacks the Broncos can go with. None of it will matter, though, if they don't have the right coaches to develop, them. we saw this play out the last four years. So uh, Malik Willis is one guy in the mix for sure.
1: I like Kenny Pickett personally. Uh, On that topic of Malik Willis, I like him, don't love him. I'm not convinced he's first-round caliber, but there's a lot of rows left to hoe on that front, and I'll have a a more concrete, developed take on that Uh, once the season ends and things slow down a little and I can spend a little bit more time watching his his film and stuff. uh, During the football season, guys like Zach and I were responsible to, to grab all the news and be on top of the Broncos' news so we don't have as much time during the season to check out these prospects. Once the season and the news grind cycle comes to kind of a, a halt, we can start letting our hair down a little bit, but I like him. I'm just not convinced. And I was a little bit surprised Zach. he's only six, one for some reason I didn't real I wasn't aware that he's a six, one Q. Speaking of which Trevor Sundell was asking us uh, about another six, one quarterback named Baker Mayfield. This is something we've talked about before. And then we'll grab Donald here. Um, we I love the idea. If you could get Baker Mayfield, I'd love it. Twice on Sunday, dude, all day long. I just don't think, Zach, the Cleveland Browns. We This is not necessarily a topic I think you and I share a brain on as far as Baker and Denver. But why would the Browns, after so many years of obscurity, finally get a modicum of stability under center, a modicum of a competitive team? And I know this year hasn't gone their way, but then you move on from a first for overall pick. Like I don't see that happening. Well, supposedly
3: there's a lot of... I don't want to say bad blood, but clashing going on between Baker. This is all rumors and speculation right now, between Baker and Kevin Stefanski, the head coach slash OC. So if Stefanski, he's the long-term guy there, it looks like. If he wants his own guy, he wants to pick his quarterback, Cleveland might allow him to do that, and Baker might be on the way out. I wouldn't blow what it would take to acquire him, though. Signing him would be, what, 30 mil a year? I mean, I don't know. That's not to me what he deserves so far in the nfl i was a big baker guy coming out of college i thought he was going to be the next real deal franchise quarterback 15 years you know all pro he hasn't it hasn't played out that way a lot of baggage a lot of personality issues and the talent hasn't been realized and you can't blame the supporting cast and you can't blame the coaching he's had everything delivered to him and he hasn't made the hay i'd rather the broncos once again find their own guy through the draft or failing that they want to go after a veteran Just aim a little higher and go after A.R. or Russell Wilson.
1: Yeah, on that topic, the Broncos did love Baker Mayfield. If he was going to be there in uh, 2018, they would have taken him at at pick five instead of uh, Bradley Chubb. We know it was Baker and Darnold that they liked. And if either was there, according to what we've been told, one of those guys would have been picked. They tried
3: trading up for Darnold. Right. Jets wouldn't move out of that.
1: Jets wouldn't play ball. How they rue that decision, I mean the Jets, that is uh donald thank you buddy for the super chat he says i'm checking out at a gas station right now while this stream's playing on my phone uh nd what does that mean and and the guy behind says are you a broncos fan he then says hey listen to i i listen to mhh all the time (laughs) hashtag that's rad dude love it love it it's a small small bronco world is it not shout out dude at the gas station hope you're listening right now Appreciate hey dude you. thank you for that anecdote we love hearing stuff like that that's awesome man that's awesome um all right 52 minutes we're about out of time so uh any of the last burning super chats that are waiting let's grab them thank you for your patience and then we got to go collection connection who we've seen on super chat timer two welcome back thank you what do you think uh part what do you think we would we would be looking at if drew Locke started this season not Uh-oh. from now but when he was riding high on confidence after the, a good preseason. So if after the the Lock and Teddy competition traded blows, both with good performances, the Broncos, as they were in their respective starts in the preseason, the Broncos make the traditional decision to go ahead and stick with the incumbent whom they've invested in and drafted, and it's Drew from the start, what, what would your answer be?
3: Well, this is such a, a hot-button question, and uh, I know we're going to – step in some crap for giving our answers here, but I don't care like usual. You, you, there's there's some good and bad with starting Locke. First of all, if you started Drew Locke, you'd still have KJ Hamler because Teddy Bridgewater got him injured with a hospital ball. You'd have your deep threat. I don't think you would run the ball as many times though. I don't think you'd be forced to run the ball and find out how good Melvin Gordon can be or Javante Williams can be. Um, and I also don't think that Pat Shermer and as we saw last year would tailor the offense to Drew Locke's strengths. He he wouldn't throw deep balls. He doesn't uncork the offense. He doesn't run anything creative, anything down the field. Everything's a checkdown. So as we've come to find out in hindsight, compared to August or the preceding months, Teddy Bridgewater is the perfect quarterback for Pat Sherber, and Drew Locke is not. So uh,
1: Here's the problem. We could sit here and speculate. I think if the Broncos would have stayed a little bit more patient with Drew, they could have seen something close to, as far as the record stands, something close to where they're at now, if not even a little bit better. But I know it was never meant to be because... When the Broncos brought Teddy here, they postured it as, hey, we're going to let them compete. Chips are going to fall how they're going to fall. We'll pick the guy who gives us the best chance. Meanwhile, they were all – they wanted Teddy. It was going to be Teddy, barring some kind of collapse on Teddy's part. And so I know that in that world, if Drew would have just – his performance, if it would have been just so undeniable, Zach, and he gets the start, they can't quite go to Teddy, they can't sell it, it would have been – you know one one game losing streak two at the most he's getting pulled and you're not seeing him again anyway like they moved on from drew long before the decision in my opinion is that
3: what just occurred to me and I think it's true is that Drew Locke never had a chance of winning the job. The only opportunity was for Teddy Bridgewater to lose the job. They were like you said, they were framing it to always go with Teddy and to the last, I think it was CC with that super about uh, the hospital ball. Yeah, knee injuries are a freak occurrence, but that knee injury happened as a direct result of the ball that Teddy threw and it wasn't a one-time thing. He's been throwing hospital balls all season. He threw one against the Lions. That's just what he does because he doesn't have the arm strength like Locke to make those tough throws to the sideline or get the ball out there before a defender closes in you can be a teddy bridgewater fan cc but you have to call it like it is
1: all right scott are there any more that we haven't grabbed okay guys thank you so much for another fun conversation here breaking down your denver broncos it's our denver broncos isn't it um, Zach, if you wouldn't mind getting us out of here, I'm going to pull up Facebook, see how we finish there, and shout some people out. This was the Huddle Up Pod. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your evening,
3: and thank you all for tuning in with us. We're off until tomorrow night for the Mile High Mailbag Week 15 and the breakdown of the Broncos-Bengals game. In the meantime, until we see you guys next, follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account for all your Broncos news, analysis, rumors, film breakdowns, transactions, and more at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. And if you haven't, go to huddleuppod.com and get yourself a hat just like Chad's wearing. Get yourself a football priest beanie. Not a football priest, but a Huddle up Pod beanie. Broncos for breakfast beanie. That's a hard sentence to say. Brand new in the store. Right off the presses, available right now, huddleuppod.com. And if you haven't, go to facebook.com slash huddle. Hit that big blue button. Chad mentioned Trickle Zone with Eric. We also have Kelberman's Corner with yours truly and Broncos Book Club with Chad. Each and every week, VIP programming, five bucks a month worth every penny. I promise you that. And facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page. Follow that page. If you haven't already, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win maybe a beanie each and every month. But if you can't do any of those things, do these three things. Subscribe, like, and share. It takes a few seconds and helps us reach more Broncos fans just like you.
1: Yes, indeed. And by the way, for the Broncos um, book club gang that are reading along with me, we're reading uh, Slow Getting Up by Nate Jackson. We had to cancel uh, Saturday's episode because Christmas, it was my birthday. Things were going on. I was just tied up with family the entire day. But uh, it's coming back this Saturday, all right, noon Mountain Time. So let not your heart be troubled. We're going to grab – I want to show you guys uh, the the top finishers on Facebook, but it's being a little bit slow. So bear with me just for a second here, and it should pull up. Okay, there we go. And Let me just blow it up so you guys can see here. And we'll do the Y'all Share screen, and then we got to dip on out. But shout-out to these supporters on Facebook. Here's how you finish tonight. Andrew Baker on top. Followed by Mike Reno, Yvonne, Jermaine. what's going on? Travis Tarbox. uh, And then we got George Fox, Lando, don't call me Calrissian Lee, Travis Weber, Michael Ronquillo, Cameron Wadman. Thanks to each and every one of you. And then one last thing, as Zach mentioned, we are really trying to – calls to action. We need you guys to – even if you're not enjoying the show on Apple Podcasts, we need you to go there and leave us a five-star review. Very, very helpful in keeping this show – growing and thriving. and When I say this show, it's not just Huddle Up. All of our podcasts are under one RSS feed, so when you go leave a five-star review, even if your football priests are not your favorite podcast, go leave a five-star for your favorite MHH podcast because it all helps us reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. And we'll raffle off for the month of December, randomly selected. If you left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, you got a chance to win some swag at the end of the month. Shout out to Air Lunar for their five-star review right at the beginning of this month. So appreciate you guys. And uh with that, love you. We'll see you tomorrow night breaking down. You know, the Bengals will roll our sleeves up, do some head-to-head, and really get into the matchup.
3: Have a great night, guys. Take care, and as always, go Broncos.
2: You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.